0: Thank you everyone for being here on Back to Church Sunday, and I pray that the lesson that is in store for us is, is a good reminder that though church is important, though church is part of God's plan, though church is a part of, it is the body of Christ, the main point is, is that Jesus is everything. Jesus is the one. That's why the church, the body of Christ, the presence of Christ here on this earth is so important because we get to show the world Jesus. And we get to work and act together and be the light of Christ as he calls us to be. So today we're going to look at a story from our our reading that we've had this past week um, as we've been reading the New Testament together. And we invite anybody to join with us and there are some uh, more schedules out in the lobby Mark chapter five. In Mark chapter five, verses twenty-five through thirty-four, this is one of the most beautiful, in my my opinion, this whole chapter is one of the most beautiful and wonderful and exciting chapters in all of Scripture, and it just highlights and shows us Jesus. And here is Jesus in the midst of somebody already coming in, to him and saying, My daughter needs your help. She's dying. Okay, I'll go with you. Um, he's on his way, and then this scene happens in the midst of another scene. So it's a scene within a side of scene. And I hope you'll read the whole thing, the whole chapter, the whole book, the whole Bible, and get the whole picture. Um, but this is just a wonderful picture of faith and a wonderful example of who Jesus is and the hope that all of us can have in him. Mark chapter 5, beginning in verse number 25. A woman who had had a hemorrhage for 12 years, and who had endured much at the hands of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse, We're introduced to this woman here. We're not given her name, um, and perhaps uh, that's good because then we all kind of begin to identify with her. It's speaking of us all because we all have difficulties and afflictions. But here we are introduced to a woman's affliction, and the outline is before you in the proclaimer if you want to follow along and uh, fill in the blanks here. This is a woman's affliction. If you want to write in there a woman's suffering, a woman's problem, whatever you want to put in there, but it's her affliction, and that's what Jesus, how he refers to it at the end of verse number 34, because he ends up healing her, her of her affliction. A woman's affliction. Bleeding for 12 years. 12 years with this issue of of bleeding. So very likely that this was perhaps something related to her menstrual cycle. There is an issue of blood that is not stopping. She is constantly, because she's bleeding, constantly unclean. Anything that she lays on, anything that she sits on becomes unclean and is unclean until it's washed. Any person that she comes into contact with becomes unclean. And so here is this this issue and this difficulty that she's dealing with. And uh, 12 years of just having an affliction is difficult enough, but now the affliction, it causes her problems even with society. She can still converse with people. She isn't cast off like a leper into the outskirts of town, but she is still unclean. She shouldn't touch anyone. Okay, so so it's a difficult situation. Um, But beyond that, where has she gone to for help? She'd gone to those in the world. She had gone to physicians, many physicians. And so much so that now a new issue is introduced is that she had spent all that she had. She has given everything to try and take care of this issue because she has just one problem, and she's going to do anything that she can to get rid of that problem. And so she goes to the physician's. And notice in the scripture, in verse number 26, it says, and had endured much at the hands of many physicians. So she's gone from physician to physician. She has endured much. I get the impression that it's not only that they're saying, um, sorry, i can sorry, I can't help, I can't figure it out, I've tried something. But whatever they're trying, whatever they're doing, it's causing her more suffering. She has endured at their hands. Things have only gotten worse, and that is very plain and clear, that her financial situation is worse, but also the issue of bleeding is worse, and perhaps even the doctors have been the cause of it, or a cause of other problems that have come along. So they did not help. She goes to the people of the world, um, physicians in the physical sense, she goes to them, there's no help, things only get worse. You ever have times like that when things only get worse? We, we have something that comes up and you think, man, things can't go, what, what could go wrong from here? Nothing could possibly go get worse. And then, ooh, you know, suddenly you learn, no, things can get worse. And that's life. This is what this woman, as we would say, well, this woman's affliction, affliction is a picture of life. Life is tough; it's filled with hurt and difficulties and disappointments. But then we get to verse number twenty-seven. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. Touched his garment, for she thought, If I just touch his garments, I will get well. Immediately. The flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And on the outline, I've written, Her active faith. For anybody who understands faith, you will say that's redundant, and I'll say, I agree. Faith that is not active is not faith. It is not faith at all. It's just kind of a belief. But faith, belief, it always leads to action. It always leads to doing. And we see with this woman a picture of faith. Perhaps not perfect faith. Perhaps you can find things later in here in the story that maybe her faith even has a little bit of growing to do. But she knows. She's heard of Jesus. And she has faith to believe that this guy is the Messiah. This guy can provide healing. These stories that I've heard of him healing, she knows them and she trusts them to be true. And so She goes and seeks. She doesn't just believe, but she seeks. It seems like obstacles that might have gotten in her way, she doesn't care about because she knows who she needs to go to. Well, I'm unclean. I can't touch somebody. She's even willing to overlook her own sacred laws because she knows that she needs to get to Jesus and touch him. The crowd in the way, I'll get through them. I don't care how big the crowd is. And the crowd was big. We're going to see this in a, in a second. You know, there are there so many people pressing in on him. How could you possibly tell who touched you? You know, Jesus, you've got to be crazy. There's so many people around. But she gets through the crowd. She is determined. She knows the one who has the answer. She knows the one who can help her. She's gone everywhere else. And now she seeks the one who truly can help, the one who can provide healing, the one that she knows, if I could just reach out and touch, just touch his cloak, touch his garment, touch his clothes, that's all I need, and I'll be healed. In that moment that she does, she fights through obstacles, and she makes her way, she touches it, and that Instantly, immediately, immediately, one of these words that we see in Mark a lot. Immediately. Immediately. She can tell. Something's changed. The problem's gone. Can you imagine the joy (laughs) she had? 12 years of suffering. All that she had done. All that she had lost in trying to get help. And then all she has to do is reach out and touch the Savior, and immediately, all is well. What a joy. What, what Just imagine that feeling. And um, verse number 30, we get to another immediately. Let's read 30 through 32. Immediately, Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. Now this is an interesting spot in scripture, isn't it? Because don't you think that perhaps Jesus could have turned and said her name and said, come here, I know you touched me, but but it's like he's putting her through a little bit of a test here or something, isn't it? It's an interesting situation. But the point is, he isn't willing that she should just go on her way. He isn't going to let her escape through the crowd, which she probably thought she was going to do, because here she was, one who was unclean. And who had reached out and touched the great teacher, the Messiah. And in so doing, had made him unclean. That was a big risk she took. And now she's being called out on it. That's my opinion about what's probably going on in the situation here. And a little bit of her timidity and a little bit of her fear that we're going to see in a second. But Jesus doesn't want to let her just go on her way. He has something more in in store for her, and it's a beautiful and wonderful thing. And so, therefore, we see the Savior seeking, the Savior looking, the Savior reaching out, the Savior seeking. She came seeking after him, and now he turns and is seeking for her. And in verse number 33, we're going to see the woman's confession. The woman's confession. Verse 33, after Jesus is looking and says who did it. But the Verse 33, but the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. She tells him everything. And so as she's telling this kind of confessing, I was—I uh, have this issue of bleeding. I'm unclean. Twelve years I've been dealing with this. I've lost everything trying to go to the doctors, and they've only made things worse. Things have always gotten worse. But I knew, I heard about you, and I knew if I could get to you and just touch you, then I could be cleansed. I could be healed. And that's what I did. The woman's confession. And so in the midst of this, you know, here she is just saying, that's what I did. You know, I kind of imagine if you're there in the crowd and hearing this. Imagine the, the testimony that Jesus has now allowed her to give. The confession is not just a confession of. Oh, I'm unclean and now you're unclean or whatever that makes, you know, Mark doesn't even bring that out. But the main thing is, is that she's able to testify to her faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who is able to heal. Jesus is the one who is able to deliver. Jesus is the one who is able to save. You're the one. I've come to you. You're the one. And that is her confession. And, you know, who do people say that I am? Jesus asked his apostles. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You're the one. And here is this woman conveying her faith. Jesus is the one. And then we get to the Savior's blessing. Verse 34. And he said to her, daughter your faith has made you well go in peace and be healed of your affliction well she was already healed (laughs) it's kind of a funny statement isn't it jesus saying go and and be healed of your affliction she was already healed she knew at the moment that it happened she felt it immediately so what is jesus doing here And it's interesting. First of all, I didn't even make a note of this. In the, I added a couple thoughts in, on your outline there, just his words, his thoughts. But the first thing is he addresses her as daughter. He hasn't let her escape as an anonymous person back into the crowd of folks that are there. He says, come to me. He draws her out. He brings her to him. And he says, daughter. And last week we talked about that uh, um, passage where Jesus had said, Oh, how I long to gather you in as a hen gathers in her chicks. And that's what he's doing. He's bringing her in. That's the, that picture's still on the front of the Proclaimer today. That's what God seeks to do for us. That's what Jesus does for us. He wants to protect us. He wants to care for us. He wants to love on us. He wants to keep us close. And he has done that for this woman. Don't just flutter out through the crowd. Don't just go out the doors and go on your way. Stay close to me. I love you so much. I'll always be here for you. I will always protect you. I will always serve you. So he says, daughter, this wonderful care and affection that Jesus has for his people, his creation. And then he says, your faith, Has made you well. Literally. That thought. The the phrase would be. Your faith has saved you. Or your faith has delivered you. And that's what she needed. She needed saved from this problem. She needed saved from the, the hold that Satan had on her. She needed healing and wellness. She needed saved. And he says it's your faith. Coming to me, your confession of faith, man, that is, that is way made you well. That has saved you. And then he says, go in peace. Peace all the way through the, uh, we, we're familiar with one of the Hebrew words that's through the Old Testament. And people still say today, shalom. Shalom, a greeting, right? Greeting more, it's more than just hello, it's, it's. Peace, But it's more than just, you know, when we come to we have peace with God, it's more than God's not going to make a fist and knock us down. When we're at peace with God, we receive his blessings. He makes us well. He makes us whole. All of his blessings come upon us. Our cup overflows. That is what Jesus does for us. Go in peace. Wholeness and wellness, and then it's even made more explicit with these next words. My Bible in the New American Standard Version says, be healed of your affliction. That idea of be healed is be made whole or be made well. But the idea of wellness, it's it's wholeness, it's completeness. Only Jesus can give that. What a what a blessing! Jesus didn't let her escape. I have mentioned there that there are, in some commentary by Warren Wearsby, I'd like to read from him because, and this is what he says: Why did Jesus deal with her publicly? You know, it almost it does seem a little harsh. Doesn't it? You know, here, who did this? You know, it's not like that. But who did this? Come before me, tell me it all. You know, confess. Well, wasn't wasn't harsh, but it still was in public, still in front of people. And this woman, she was scared. Why did Jesus deal with her publicly? Why did he not simply permit her to remain anonymous and go her way? For one thing, he did it for her own sake. He wanted her to be something more. He wanted to be to her, excuse me. He wanted to be to her something more than a healer. He wanted to be her savior and friend as well. He wanted her to look into his face and feel his tenderness and hear his loving words of assurance. By the time he finished speaking to her, she experienced something more than physical healing. He called her daughter and sent her, he sent her away with a benediction of peace. To be made whole meant much more than receiving mere physical healing. Jesus had given her spiritual healing as well. Jesus was always more interested in the spiritual than the physical. Even in the times of healing, he he always had compassion on people And wanted to make them whole. But it's always very apparent that the thing that he really wants to do is to make them whole spiritually. He wants them to know him. He wants us to have life in him. He wants us to have peace in him. He wants us to have completeness and wholeness in him. This woman experienced that. And so as we think about this passage and we think about the... You know, how Jesus dealt with this woman, what she was dealing with and how Jesus could save her and touch her and do more than just take care of a problem. He could make her whole. We consider our own lives and we consider the plight of mankind because what is mankind's affliction? It's sin. It's sin. And what's so bad with sin? Well, our sins separate us from God. God can't be in the presence of sin. God can't be around sin. We taint ourselves and bring upon us judgment, guilt and judgment. So we've got a huge problem. Our affliction is this, is that we're broken and we are hopeless and we are empty without Christ, without God. That's the great affliction. And so, what are the things that we often go to for help or relief? Well, I'd pose it this way. What do, we, what do people tend to do or to seek after for um, either happiness or fulfill to feel fulfilled or to seek uh, joy or pleasure? What are the things where they can seek purpose and meaning in life? And they and people go all over and do all kinds of things and seek all kinds of Horrible things and all kinds of good things to try and fill us, give us that purpose and meaning to make us happy. And they end up leaving us empty. Seeking happiness and fulfillment in life's pleasures and pursuits is in vain. But here we find the one that we can get the answers from, the wholeness that we need. And here we ask ourselves, have you heard of Jesus? Have you heard of him? Have you considered him? What do you think of him? And when you search the scriptures and you find the answer to who he is, the very son of God who created you and who loves you so very much that he was willing to die for you. To save you from that great affliction of sin and give your life purpose and hope and meaning and joy. When you consider him, then have you sought him? This woman heard about him and then she sought him and was going to let nothing else come into her way. She was going to get there. She fought through the crowd. She fought through all kinds of difficulties and she came to the one that she knew had the answers. Have you believed in him and confessed your faith? Her belief is what drew her to him. And then she had this wonderful opportunity because of how Jesus handled the situation. She was able to confess her faith. Have you confessed your faith in Jesus Christ? This morning before early in our worship, we got a witness, a confession of faith. I believe in Him and I need Him and there's nowhere else I can turn to and I want to live for Him. That's the confession. I give my life to Him. Faith in Jesus will save you. He will make you whole and you'll never find that wholeness anywhere else. So consider today. Here's the challenge that I present to all the believers. Here's a... Handful of believers out here today that we we know Christ, we've given our lives to Him. And I ask us all to consider. Consider our faith. Consider your faith. Are you still excited about following Jesus? Do you constantly seek Him for comfort and help in the midst of life's difficulties? Is He the only thing that fixes the brokenness and fills the emptiness in your life? We're not going to distract ourselves with from life's problems by um, by buying things or paying attention to, to things or just filling up our lives with all kinds of fun pursuits. We're not going to do that. We seek Jesus. He's the one that we turn to. He is the one in relationship to the last couple of weeks of sermons. He's the one that we are just All in for radical commitment. I am totally in for him. So Christians, consider that. Are you all in for Christ Jesus? Is he your everything and your all? Does he fill your life with hope and goodness? And if you're not a Christian and you're here today, I want you to consider this. In the midst of life's difficulties and problems, Jesus can give perspective, meaning, and hope. He is all that you need. He is everything that you need. Have faith in him and be saved by him today. So that you may go in peace and be made whole. Reach out for him. That woman with the hemorrhage, the woman who had gone everywhere else, she knew when she heard of him. I am getting to him and I am going to touch him. He's the one who can make me whole. Folks, seek him. Seek after him. If you have any questions about Jesus, about what he calls us to do, his commands of how to be saved, I encourage you, don't leave today without asking some questions. Don't leave today wondering. I want everybody to leave today just rejoicing in Christ Jesus, rejoicing in the the hope and the life that we have in him because he makes us whole. There's nowhere else to turn to. So please consider him. And if anybody needs to respond today, I hope that you'll respond to the invitation to come and seek Jesus. If you need prayers, come and ask for prayer. And that way that we can all be ready to leave, go out those doors today, filled with hope and peace. Being complete, being at peace with our Savior. If you need to respond in any way, won't you please come today as we stand together and sing. I want what's in sin Jesus to-